You are listening to Work Human Radio, pioneered by Globoforce, bringing more humanity to today's workplaces. You are enjoying our special edition coverage recorded live from Phoenix, Arizona, and Work Human 17. And now, here are today's hosts. All right, good morning and welcome back to Work Human Radio. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Rayanne Thorne. Boy, you know, the whole reason you and I come to these Every events time. is to do one thing, and that is to talk with the person we're about to sit down with. Yes, I'm very friend, excited about friend this. Friend to both you and I, and uh, uh, one of the people that you think about when you think about HR and all always, that, that implies. Always, always. I've uh, uh, been following her for many years and lucky enough to call her friend now, so it's nice. Absolutely. Well, to welcome to the show, China Gorman. She's the board chair with Universal America's China, as always, good to see you. Welcome back. Thanks. That gave me the chills the way he introduced I you. Know. It's so fun. It sounded fab. <laughs> it is fab. You are the, I told him just to introduce you as the China Gorman, but he didn't listen to me. Well, she, thought is was, she is China the China Gorman. Everybody knows China. I mean, when I, when I first met China, she was very involved, active with SHRM. Mm-hmm. President? Sherm? Um, Chief Operating Officer. Chief Operating CEO. Interim okay. CEO. Right, so it's and your position has evolved a little bit over the years. Mm. Um, you are, I think, you are the go-to expert on all things HR. I think, which is so ironic because I'm is, not an HR person. I know, but isn't that interesting that mo- that many of us have chosen to look to you as as the expert, as the person to follow, um, to to hear anything that new that's new that's going on. If we're talking about engagement or culture, which I know we're going to get into a little bit about that. And um, here we are at Work Human, and China was the one that introduced me to, to Work Human and introduced us to Work Human, so we're, we're thrilled to be here. Tell us a little bit about your involvement with Work Human and how that came about. Um, so, as Work Human was just a kernel of an idea a couple of years ago, the um, Global Force team came to me as I was leaving the great place to work after we sold that business um, and asked if I wanted to be involved with Work Human. And, you know, it was like lightning going off, buzzers, whizzers, because um, the notion of Work Human, of creating a human culture, of treating employees like human beings oh. as opposed to Putting human and human resources skill right? sets that clock in at nine and clock out at five right. was um was very appealing to me and in fact um after many years leading uh, bus- consulting businesses that sold services to hr and then leading sherm right. and then leading the great place to work institute um, i my notions about what makes great organizations great had really crystallized at that point, not from an HR perspective, but from a, a leadership perspective. HR has always been my customer, always been the people who bought or were members of, you know, whatever it was the organization I was leading was selling or, or providing. Sure, sure. So <clears throat> more years than I would care to <laughs> tell you. Which is um, what we said. <laughs> uh, really helping HR people be more successful on the business side, on the culture side, on the business performance side. And so when they dangled sort of a relationship with Work Human in front of me, I, boy, I, I leapt at the chance. Well, 
the idea of this movement that is work human is one of those things that I think if you line up 10 people and ask them to define it, mm. I think one of the exciting things about it is you get 10 different answers. And then obviously one of the challenging things is that you get 10 different answers. Right. <laughs> and that's part of the humanity of this thing. But let me ask China Gorman, how do you define what this idea, this movement that is work human, how do you define that? Um, I think it's really about bringing all organizational leadership, structure, um, activities, focusing on creating a culture that values the humanity of everybody involved. Employees, stakeholders, customers, customers right. suppliers, leaders, um, business, you know, the way businesses have um, come up through the years has been really based on a militaristic model, right? <clears throat> Top-down right, right. layers and that kind of thing. But we've been delayering for a long time. And there are all kinds of experiments happening now around what are the real effective structures for getting humans to work together to solve problems, to bring solutions, to improve performance, to create better outcomes. There are all kinds of interesting um, uh, approaches. And, and from what I can see, they're all based on really becoming more human, whether we're talking about the work human movement, or we're talking about the conscious capitalism movement, or we're talking about the world blue movement, right, right. or we're talking about, you know, the great place to work movement. They're all, they're all different. They have different models, but at the heart and soul of them, they're about improving human lives through business through organizational structures and I th that just that's where I want to live so one thing that I, I think about when I think about everything that you described the the leaders in an organization whether they are managers and have been appointed leadership or those that kind of become the mantle of leadership falls upon them because of the type of personality they are so they lead from within in a different department the um, the employees themselves the customers I, I like to look at them like we're all partners in making sure this works. And we know when we think of human beings that the best marriages are those marriages that are based on a partnership, you mm -hmm. know, that they're both giving 100% or 200%, whatever, you know, 200% yeah. doesn't work. But if they're both giving 100% to that relationship, I think the same thing has to work in a work environment or within an organization to understand that the, the customer is every bit as important as the CEO. The, the employee is every bit as important as the stakeholders or the, the investors in the organization and the vendors and, and making sure that all of these people are working together to provide a benefit, whether they're providing a service or a product or distributing a product or service. How, how can WorkHuman be part of that, making sure that that partnership is really good and valued? Well... It starts at the top of the organization. It's not going to happen unless the board and the CEO are convinced that focusing on the humanity of everybody involved in the equation matters, right? right? And, and honestly, as we see in large public companies, smaller organizations, mm -hmm. I'm on a number of boards, and I, and I play the role of talking about culture and talking mm -hmm. about people and talking about succession and making sure that we've got, you know, the right training and we're really focused on the humanity and the development of our teams. As we move into this world where the, 
the available skills are mismatched with the needs of organizations. And in many organizations and in many functions and in many industries around the world, that day is already here, right? right? Um, We have to take a more holistic, we have to take a more holistic look. And um, so where I kind of really focus is on the leadership piece. And I'm very... um, optimistic about the future, Uh, despite the fact that since the mid-80s, when we saw our first, in in the United States and then trickled around the world, the first massive downsizing, the breakup of the Bell system, a couple years later, the first massive downsizings by Exxon and and IBM, who did did fabulous jobs during those, I mean, they did really hard things really, really well. Um, but we began to see the delayering, and we began to see sort of the <clears throat> depersonalization of the relationship between employees and the and the organization. But despite that, what I see now is a yearning, maybe too touchy feely a word, but um, <laughs> but a yearning to be more human at work for um, for employees to feel like their boss like knows the totality of who they are, knows that, for example, a year and a half ago, I, my siblings and I moved my mom into an assisted living facility. That was a, that year was, I mean, Hard. getting her situated yeah. and, you know, and if I'd had a traditional job during that time, you know, I probably wouldn't have right. been my right. best, right? Or I look at, you know, um, um, kids, uh, young people mid-career who've got parents and youngsters and, and you know, the parent who comes to work whose kid got kicked out of school yesterday and what am I, you yeah, know, or, you or whose daughter just won something fabulous, but how, how can I take off time work to travel with her so she can do whatever this grand thing? Bringing more of the complete human to work and the complete human relationship between boss and employee, whatever the level, um, I think brings huge rewards. And in these days when tenure is going down, turnover is going up, Mm -hmm. um, what makes it hard to leave an organization is if you feel like you're known and appreciated and respected and trusted, right? If you don't feel trusted... I'm gone in a heartbeat, right? If I don't feel like my boss has my best interest at heart, why would I stay if things got gnarly, right? And so I think focusing really on leadership and making sure that organizational, stated organizational values really play out every day in behavior from the top of the house, ensuring that that leaders are really approachable and genuine. You know, baby boomers, we were trained, you know, in a really military kind of way. And, For sure. you know, when we say jump, you know, the answer is how high, right? right. Um, now, a lot of that, a lot of that has gone away, but nobody trained the baby boomers in a new way, right? So, so we've got all kinds of experimentation going on. And I think if, if leaders can just get back to the humanity of who they are, right. they can connect in a more human way um, to, their, to their employees um, at every level in an organization. Well, I love this idea of the complete human. And I guess a two-part question is, why as a member of the team am I afraid to bring 
my complete self to my organization. And, and then the other problem is, why am I as management afraid to have a team full of complete humans? There's two problems there. How do we, how have we gotten there and how do we kind of break through that? It just takes, you know, a little bit of courage to be your real self, whether you are, and it has to start with leadership, right? So I'll, I'll tell a story. Um, when I was leading um, a large global outplacement company, I was working really hard um, to bring um, diversity into the mix, and in particular, um, sexual orientation diversity. It was the outplacement business, and we were working with displaced workers at all levels. And for sure, some percentage of the people who were losing their jobs you know, had a different sexual orientation sure. than the norm. And, and that makes job search really hard. And so I knew, because I'd been in the organization sort of at a middle level for a long time and, and I'm somewhat approachable, um, I knew that we had very many gay and lesbian professionals who weren't comfortable being themselves at work. They didn't tell anybody. They told me, but they didn't tell anybody. So I really worked hard to make our organization a safe culture for them. And one by one, little bit by little bit, um, they started to be able to be real about who they were in the workplace. And interestingly, that not the fact that you know we had identified you right, know, people right. of different sexual orientations, but what that meant to the whole culture meant that we were more competitive in our space and we won more business because we were known as an organization that could work with all kinds of diverse people who were being displaced from their jobs and so but it had to be the leader you know and we didn't get everybody not everybody sure. you know felt safe but enough that it you know it it um, it engendered others others to feel safe and it enabled us to recruit and retain a wide diverse slate of candidates into the firm which made us even more valuable to our corporate customers who were also much larger organizations with much more diverse employee populations we were a much better fit for them as a as a supplier uh, as a partner during difficult times than other firms who had not made this piece of their culture, um, a, found, a foundational piece. So it has to start at the top. It has to be consistent. Um, there have to be penalties for not being consistent. Um, sure. And, you know, sure. I, it's a, there has to be rules because there are people yeah. out there that aren't that aren't sticking. Yeah. You know, sticking but I think, to I it. Think, so. I think as I think about leadership and humanity. And, and in, in an organization, there are really three pieces. Um, leaders have to be trustworthy and fair um, in everything. So compensation, hiring, promotion, opportunities, fair, right, across the board. Trustworthy, your word is your bond. Don't say it if you don't mean it. If you, if you misspeak or if you say something and make a commitment and then you can't do it, you have to own it. You own have to it. step up to it. You have to, you have to acknowledge it. I feel the like second, that's missing. Well, on so many levels that yeah, it really yeah. is. But, but I think that's, that's what engenders trust is leaders 
whose word is their bond. And you right? say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Exactly. The second one is being your real you, your real human you, personal and approachable. You know, we've, we've all been, been on the elevator. about it forever. Well, we've all <laughs> been on the elevator with a CEO who yep. wouldn't recognize us from Adam. Oh, and for sure. who looked so uncomfortable on an elevator full of employees, couldn't get off the elevator fast enough because, oh my God, uh, God forbid I'd have to talk to my employees, right? <laughs> so that, that personal approachable piece. Um, and then, and this isn't a, this isn't a Gen Y, this isn't a, a millennial or a Gen Z thing. You ha- leaders have to be able to create and acknowledge meaning in the work environment. Um, everybody wants meaning, and we always have. You know, 30 years plus when I was starting my career, if somebody had said, so do you want meaning in your career? What does I, that mean? I, I, I would have probably mean? said, yeah, what, does what does that, that mean? mean? But yeah. as I thought about it, I probably would have said, well, yeah, I want to feel like I'm making a difference. I want to, I want to feel like I'm making the world um, a better place through the function that I choose in my career or the organizations that I, that I choose to, to work with. Um, but that's top of mind for younger the younger cohorts in the workforce today. They, they, That's really they have a vo- I think because they have a voice and they know that. They know that <clears throat> yeah. they can, if they can't say it at work, they're going to say it outside of work. Right, right. right? And, and their voice is going to be heard. They will have followers that they influence right. and they're going to make noise. Yeah. So leaders have to be comfortable with the fact that work isn't just about the work anymore. It's about right. meaning in lives and helping. If you want to retain your workers, it doesn't matter what generation they are, um, you have to help them figure out what the meaning is right. and then acknowledge when they're, when they're making it happen. Um, well, so that's why I think millennials get a bad rap for right. being job hoppers because they're seeking that organization they, they where they find meaning and, and they're not finding it there. They're happy to stay in an, in an organization. And they're for happy a to long. leave if they aren't found. They, you know, they are well, okay the point, with right. saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this because it's not fulfilling something within me. Yeah. So. And, and Xers and baby boomer mm-hmm. bosses. That's just sort of mind blown. Yeah, right? yeah. you're not going to stay at least five years. Yeah. Oh. So it. So there. There are um, real sort of mindset shifts that have to happen mm-hmm. from a leadership perspective. So trustworthy and and um, fair, personal and approachable, and provide and acknowledge meaning. And I think for some, the provide and acknowledge meaning is the hardest for the older cohorts because work isn't about meaning. No, it's work is about a paycheck so that I can, yeah, right. Um, and if it's interesting, if it's interesting and if I work for a company, I'm really proud of, Lucky. but it, but you don't leave if you don't, you don't, that. and you don't try and find it. Why would you try if, and find yeah, it if it's if not presented look into to you? It, yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, so it's always so it's, I could, we could talk to China for hours. I mean, we've, we've done this enough that we know that there's so much, but one thing that you have provided consistently China, along with your advice and just being the voice in the space is um, you consistently have written, I don't know how many years, but data point Tuesday has oh, been yeah. a big thing for you. How long have you been writing it? I think it's six years now, six years now, every Tuesday. Pretty much every Tuesday. How did that get started, and what is? How do you find the impetus to keep going with that? <laughs> well, I called it. Um, so originally, what I wanted to do was share interesting data to HR people who 
don't have the time to hunt out for interesting, relevant data, right? So you're doing, doing the, you're doing the hunting. I'm doing the hunting, and and or so it's, or it's coming to it's you. It's coming because to of me your now. Right. It's coming to me now because people want their research to be featured right. on Data Point right. Tuesday, and, and it has to be rigorous. It has you know you have to have more than five people in your sample. And, sure. You know, sure. and and a lot of it is vendor research, and so you from time to time I always have to say so. Remember, vendor research is different than academic sure. and other kinds of research, but it's directional and it's interesting, and you know let's let's learn something yeah. let's learn something together um, so I wanted I really wanted to do that and and it's data point Tuesday because I needed I didn't start as data point Tuesday and the times that I posted were further and further apart and I thought if I said data point Tuesday it would you would I'd have, to, have commit. to do it every yeah. single Tuesday <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it was a uh, it was a bit of a, a um, discipline thing to just call and, it data and point how can Tuesday. people find it? It's at chinagorman.com. Perfect. Easy, easy peasy. Thanks every for the Tuesday. Plug. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, China, we're about out of time. Uh, before we let you go, should anyone have any questions of you? Need to find you? How do they do that? And get the data point Tuesday. You just uh, said the website, but give it to us one more time. Chinagorman.com. I'm on Twitter at chinagorman. And if you want to send me an email, I'm china at china. Gorman.com. It's all it's pretty, pretty easy. <laughs> and Universum Americas, where do they find that? Uh, UniversumGlobal.com. Universum is um, a global headquartered in Sweden, uh, global um, employer branding and research company. So um, every year it um, it fields a survey to students about to graduate from college. Almost a million five students wow. every year about what they're looking for in their their employer after school and what are the top brands that they think are are attractive to them and so in around 50 countries around the years they uh, the world's most admired employers list is published and gee um, in just a couple of weeks in london they're going to unveil the the world's most um wow yeah that's yeah. exciting so yeah. we'll watch universum for that yeah universumglobal.com yeah perfect all right china gorman board chair universal of americas and uh, just general thought leader and influencer in this space. As always, great to see you. Thanks again always. for stopping you by. You bet. My pleasure. All right. That's all the time we have for now. Todd and Rayanne signing off from Phoenix. We'll see you again soon on Work Human Radio. Work Human Radio is brought to you by Globoforce, pioneers of the work human movement. Globoforce helps make work more human for millions of people and organizations worldwide. Learn more by visiting Globoforce.com and join the Work Human movement by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and the Work Human Community Forum on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening to Work Human Radio.